Hi, I'm Grace Beeson. I'm a professional relationship coach trained in authentic leadership. Each week, I come to you on the Because Why Not podcast with stories from my own life of things I've experienced, things I've read, learned, anecdotes of every day, and that I hope that you will learn from or at least have a good laugh about. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. Would love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or anywhere that you listen regularly and subscribe. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about the episode today because it's an interview with my friend Stacy, who I went through coach training with last year. Stacy Mitchell is a life coach for busy, successful women who secretly feel burned out and trapped in the lives they've worked so hard to build. She helps them get over their fears of losing everything so they can find better balance and enjoy success on their own terms. So let's get right to the conversation with Stacy. It's a good one. Enjoy it. Okay, we're here. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Grace. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you for coming and sitting on my couch and drinking tea with me and doing a podcast at last. It's perfect. I love it so much. And for those of you who don't know, Grace's house is so cute and full of color and fits her perfectly. I just love it so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is the um, the joyous, quiet time when um, my children aren't home. And you know, I often record the podcast and then say, now I have to go pick up my kids. But it's like this oasis adult oasis without people running around and getting their dirty sneakers on things and me yelling at them. So (laughs) I'm glad you get to experience that. And I'm so happy to have time with you here because number one, I, I believe with this podcast that it's so valuable for me to do conversations and have interviews with friends because my friends are awesome, number one, and all do such different things and have a way of teaching people and sharing things that I don't. And um, I just really think people enjoy that. And I do too. And this is really special to do this with you because you are also a coach. That's right. (laughs) What, what? (laughs) A very successful coach. And you were a coach before we even trained together last year. So you really have a lot of experience in coaching and I, um, I am going to let you speak today. (laughs) (laughs) This is the natural Grace Stacy relationship coming out right now. (laughs) I know I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And she just sits there looking so pretty with a big smile and, um, So, but, you know, I'm going to, I want to talk about the job you, not necessarily the job you have, but start by, um, you know, mentioning that you've recently announced that you're quitting your full-time job, which is a really big 
leap. And I know that that was a really hard decision for you. So let's start with how did you come to the decision to finally leave the full-time steady job with the paycheck and all the things and um, not to freak you out? How did you come to that decision (laughs) to go out on your own as a coach? And what has it been like? Yeah, so a little scary, right? I mean, you're quitting something that's secure and something that, um, you know, I work with great people, which I'm lucky to do so. But I, you know, we went through, I'm just going to say, we went through Raleigh Coaching Academy together, which was an amazing experience. And I remember sitting there and thinking, like, this is what I'm meant to do in the world. I'm meant to go out and coach in the world. And while I, you know, have this job and I love the people I work with, it was not aligned with what I wanted to do. Um, But it was really hard for me because I had only taken the role that I was in about a year prior and it was a promotion and then I had wanted it so bad and I felt like I was going to look like a fool and like I was ungrateful or like I, you know, was flaky or whatever it might be. And to come to this decision it really came down to, you know, I have this one life, I have this one mm. life and I felt this purpose and this mission and I felt like I couldn't waste it away in a job that didn't feel like the right fit for me. So despite being still, even today, a little <laughs> freaked out by the fact that I'm doing it, um, I'm still in the job right now. Uh, I am holding to it. I'm sticking to the guns and Mm. I am building my business and I am figuring it out as we go. So yeah, in terms of leaps of faith, I am like right in that middle of the craziness of it, you know, where you're still wondering like, how is this actually going to turn out? And it's there. I mean, it's there for me. And even though we coach, there's a lot of self-coaching happening right now. Uh, there's a lot of you know, you need to build this belief and step out of the how, step, quest, stop questioning like how you're going to do this. Because I think for many of us, that those how questions are what really make us stumble when we're doing that, when we're doing those leaps of faith. That's so true and so beautifully said. And I, it's such an important topic and question because uh, while this podcast is not specifically for coaches or for people becoming coaches, it speaks to this, this question and your answer and this podcast speaks to the idea all the time of taking risks and doing things that scare you. And, um, of course has sort of documented my own journey and giant leap of faith and continuing leaps of faith. And, as you know, I'm starting to focus so much on coaching women and women over 40 in transition and whether it's a career leap of faith or relationship or changing one's relationship um, or circumstances with food or alcohol or money or anything, it does require a leap of faith. Um, And, you know, it's funny what came up for me while you were talking was that we're sitting here as two coaches, both trained in authentic leadership, both starting our own businesses. And I am very much for better or worse, a person who is leap and the net will appear. Right. (laughs) And it's, I've always been that way. Just like jump, dive, leap. And 
I have no plan. <laughs> FYI, no plan, but like this is going to work out. And you, in such a beautiful, methodical way that I admire and look up to and often wish I employed, plan for things. Mm-hmm. And you carefully executed you your leaving of your mm-hmm. job. And um, all that to say that people are different and there are different ways of doing things. And it's a reminder to do what makes you comfortable. And, you know, whenever you're making a big transition in life to uh, listen to uh, what we know as your authentic voice and what it's telling you. And it just sounds like you've transitioned and are transitioning out of your job into your own business in a Mm -hmm. way that while still scary honors the way that you approach your life. Does that sound right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, so as Grace mentioned, I'm still in the role. So it's, um, you know, I am trying to figure out how, or I did figure out, I guess, how I could best leave and still leave an impression that I cared about the organization because I do. Yeah. Um, and I, and I always will care about the organization, but also in some ways protect myself. So, you know, Grace said it best. I'm a planner, uh, (laughs) big planner. And I always like to say like, I'm a woo woo realist. Like, I love that. So I love much. like the woo woo, but I'm also like, so much. yeah, give me some realism in there too. Cause I want to pay so my bills. <laughs> See, I love paying bills too. I could use a little more <laughs> realist. I'm literally just picturing my husband's face. Like, uh-huh. Cause I'm a lot of like, it's that we got this. Like it's, it's okay. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, you are such a wonderful example of, taking a leap of faith to get further training, follow your heart, um, move forward in life in a way that speaks to you and that you feel driven to do and passionate about. But that again, like I said, honors the way that you move through life. And I think, um, it's a good segue into the next uh, question I want to ask you because you talk a lot about and coach around a lot, um, the subject of burnout. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear about that, about what burnout means to you and to people you coach and, and for women in particular, what do you think is the biggest cause of burnout? Yeah. So I feel like burnout is really on the rise and there's actually studies to support it. Um, and I think there's so many different causes at play there, but something that I hear from women a lot is it's almost just the expectations that we put on ourselves more than anything else. Mm -hmm. There's this feeling of, I can do more. I can be more. I can be better. There's so much comparison out there with each other and we don't even mean to do it, but it's like you you know, we get on Instagram, I've listened to your social media episode, you oh. see how everybody is living like, oh, they're on vacation, or someone so got promoted, mm-hmm. or, you know, they just had another baby, and I, how are they affording that, or whatever it may be, yeah. and it's like, I am not where I need to be in my life. Even though we don't know if any of that's real. Right. Maybe the baby's real. Maybe the baby's probably real. <laughs> <laughs> Stay not a prop. <laughs> real I, I mean, know we live in a, a world of instagram worthy moments yeah or created 
And yet that's what we're experiencing, right? So that's our perception of reality. And that perception of reality is what we use to base our own reality on or measure it up to. And that's how we set our expectations for ourselves. 100%. Yeah. And it's just funny how we don't even see it. Like we just don't even see our own brains like forcing us to do more, like to be better, do more, yes. uh, work harder, buy more. Like there's, you're on like the treadmill of just like, and you can never get off of this treadmill of trying to do more, more, more. And it really does. Even just thinking about all of that can make you burn out. Like yeah. just being in your head so much about it can make you burn out in a way that even like if you're not working crazy hours or, you know, you're not, you're not a mom, like you, and you're like, why am I so exhausted all the time? There, sometimes it's just your brain. It's just your brain, like exhausting you from this, like feeling that something isn't right and that you need more. You want to be more, you want more. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. And it's really hard to just stop yourself and say, well, you know, just take 10 things off the list, Mm -hmm. like care less about what other people are doing or care less about the way you look or the way your house looks or how you're spending your time or because to a, to a degree, I mean, we want all these things in a healthy way. Not all Mm -hmm. of us want them in an unhealthy way. It's the world we live in. So we're doing a lot of things and taking a lot on. And, um, yeah. So you're, as you're coaching people and these women in particular, um, what do you feel or what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for finding more balance in the world we live in? Yeah, this can be hard, but I think the number one thing is like being able to be present in the life you already have. And what I mean by that is not necessarily deciding to take things off your plate in the very beginning, but looking at, as I was saying, like your brain and how it is processing things moment to moment. So let's just, I'm going to give an example. You're at lunch, but all you can really think about is the 20 other things you're doing that day. You're not focused on the people you're eating lunch with. You're focused on, okay, now at one o'clock I have a meeting with so-and-so and then at 1.30 I need to put in a load of laundry and then at two o'clock I need to do this and on and on and on for the rest of the day. It's like you're driving yourself crazy when you could be eating lunch with the mm-hmm. person that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds super simple and I'm not saying that it is, but um, it's, it's something that I think really makes a difference is just slowing down your mind more than you slow down your life in the very beginning. It's not to say that you shouldn't take things off your plate, but I think until you've learned to kind of control your thought process and slow down your brain and be present with the life you have, it's really hard to make a decision on what to take off your plate because your brain isn't where it can make that decision yet. Your brain's still going through the hundred things that's in your brain, <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. It's, it's overwhelmed and it's overwhelming to do that. And so is that mindfulness? It is. Yeah. It's just another word for mindfulness or another way to explain mindfulness. Yeah. And so what are some tips and tricks for being mindful? Yeah. I think we all 
need or can benefit from more tips and tricks to be mindful. I'd love to hear what, what you have to say about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know we talked about the phone. <clears throat> I, th I love my phone. There's no, <laughs> there's no getting around it. And I love Instagram. Um, but I, and all social media really, if I'm being honest, but I also think that the notifications, all of that mm -hmm. that's coming at you all the time is not helping, helping your brain slow down. It's not helping you be mindful. It is taking you out of the moment that you're in. It's making you think about work. It's making you think about, you know, uh, meal planning, whatever it is. Like you have pings for everything that could possibly happen in your life on your phone. And it starts to feel like, you know, your phone is overtaking your life. So I have recently even just started to put my phone in the other room and not look at it for hours at mm. a time. And it helps so much. That alone just helps so much. And I know people feel so attached to their phones, but I think it's, to me, it's worth the, like having some breathing space from it. That alone is, is, is worth it. Um, other things meditate. I mean, I know you probably feel like people are hitting you over the head with that. And I am a person who is very much like, if you follow Enneagram, I'm a type three go and you do things, you get it done and you achieve. I'm not a sit down and meditate kind of person, <laughs> but I have to say like ever since I started taking up meditation practice, I have felt so much more calm in my life. Um, and cool. I've been able to be mindful in a way that I never have before. And it doesn't have to be long. You can literally sit down for five minutes and just stare into space. It doesn't have to be complicated. You really just focused on your breathing. And that's it. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be a hard thing to do. So do you do it quietly on your own without a guided meditation? Do you just get quiet for five minutes on your own? I do both actually. So I use, um, I think it's insight timer is one of them that I use. Mm. Um, it's an app and it's really nice. It's all different kinds of meditation. So I'll do that. Sometimes I will just sit because sometimes I think I just need a break from the constant input. Yeah. Uh, cause even if we're not even just talking about our phones, you could talk about, television you can talk about whatever it is like you always have stuff kind of flying at you in our culture today and sometimes it's just nice to sit and not have to listen to anything at all yeah and just stare into space yeah the, yes because we don't do that anymore no. i mean we can remember back to a time when we would have to sit quietly and patiently with no entertainment waiting for our parents to pick us up mm -hmm. or quietly and patiently waiting to go into the doctor's office or um, in line at the grocery store. But we never have or need the opportunity to not be staring at our phone. Yeah. I mean, we do need it, but we don't take it. And I think... As in a way simple as what you said is about just putting the phone down, it's actually hugely powerful advice mm -hmm. because we don't do it. And I remember a time not long ago when I would leave my phone downstairs before I went to bed at night. Mm -hmm. And I did that every night. So like at eight o'clock, I went upstairs. Well, then I went down the rabbit hole of podcasts. <laughs> right. And yeah. then like now I go to sleep. I call it my whoopee with the, um, the, the, the face mask with the Bluetooth that I go to sleep in the dark with the podcast in my ears. So I have to have the phone by the bed, but 
So the phone's there, but what I will say to echo what you said is that I have turned off all notifications on my phone. I don't see any notifications at all except for, gosh, maybe like a reminder of something I need. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I don't see anything about when people post or like or whatever. And for me, that's very, 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 very helpful. And the other thing I'll share is that um, the grayscale on the phone so that it almost like quiets your brain at night. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at the blue light. Um, and the phone becomes less interesting to look at too when it's all in black and white. But just anything to to get it out of your sight and your vision and remove that noise. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would say many of us don't even sit and mindfully watch a television show anymore. Right. Without our phones. Right. I have to say, like putting my phone away and watching a show is is spectacular. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you forget that it's like such a big difference. You're like, I'm actually paying attention. Yes, you know, I know what's, going what's on. happening. This is great. It took me a while to realize like how important that is to enjoying TV. Because yeah. for a while I thought like I just don't really like TV anymore. No, you like TV. <laughs> <laughs> you just weren't watching it. You were like playing with your phone during yeah. it. And I will say, like coming off of what you you said, I I also think like take those moments like if you're at the doctor mm-hmm. what happens if you just stare off into space it's yeah. like the only time you have to do it that's right like take it it's so true i mean i i you know I, you and i are probably in a smaller percentage because of what we do for a living and these roads we've gone down um and so we may enjoy it more than other people but mm-hmm. we are here to say and you're here to say that anyone can benefit from it and it is a it's such a great reminder to sit at the the doctor's office and be quiet or maybe go super old school and read a people magazine i mean it's just you know i mean getting quiet i love the idea of just getting quiet and looking out the window too mm-hmm. i was thinking the other day um about how in the 80s, in the early 80s as a kid, how many hours I would spend lying on my bedroom floor, mm-hmm. like doing nothing. I was just thinking that same thing the other day. That's so lying funny. Lying on your bedroom floor. Lying on my bedroom floor, but, yeah. but listening to the radio. Me- like I would just yes. listen to music and yes. I wasn't doing anything. No, there was not doing anything and there was no one, no one was going to come over no. or... You had no plans or, and I definitely witness this with our children all the time who, um, think I'm a camp counselor or no, not a camp counselor, not just that a cruise director. It's every day like, okay, cruise director, Julie, like, what are we doing today? And I've created that, you know, but I think this summer I'm going to teach them how to lie on their bedroom floors and uh, do nothing. But it's, it's actually, I think for women, as we're talking about being grown women and Mm -hmm. like. I actually think that lying on your bedroom floor, your living room floor, and staring at the ceiling and thinking could be one of the most peaceful things that you could allow yourself to do right now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like I kind of want to do that today. I know. I'm like, I'm going to go home and lay yeah. on my floor. <laughs> like lie, lock yourself in a room <laughs> yeah, alone. Yeah, just lay down, listen to a little music. Yeah. Does that sound nice? I mean, we need that. And it's you're obviously experiencing that... There are so many people who are burnt out. I mean, they're just, yeah, they've reached their limits, right? 
Yeah. So that's really, really, really good advice. Um, is there anything else you want to say about burnout or yeah. other reasons why they fe are feeling it or other ways to manage it? Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into this, but I will say like women especially are told like you can multitask and you can multitask well. Hmm. Probably not. Hmm. <laughs> All the research shows like it's really, really hard to multitask. I think we are very good about switching from task to task quickly, but I think what that does to us is it keeps us in a way like addicted to doing that. Like we think that's the most productive way to live, but it's actually burning us out. It's making us like overwhelmed. It's leading to overwhelm and burnout. And you know, what happens if you set a timer for 15 minutes and you do one thing, mm. like you work on the one thing. Like I really do challenge you to try it because it makes such a difference. Like when you're just like, I'm just going to do this one thing. I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to look at Facebook online. I'm not going to do anything. I am doing this one task. It's like, huh, that was easier than I thought it was. I got into it and I finished it faster than I ever have before because I'm not, my attention isn't divided into 10 different places. Wow. I love that advice. I feel like I'm sitting over here doing a lot of my audible sighing because I just <laughs> relate to everything you're saying. And I love that advice. And if we really stop and think right now, when do we do 15 minutes of focused anything? I'm trying to think, I mean, I, I, I love this as an exercise for the listeners because it's something that even if we were to do mindfully once a week, I think would have a big impact. Like I don't even like, I love taking baths for example, Yeah. but I don't sit in baths anymore without listening to podcasts. Mm. But I bet if I did 15 minutes quietly in the bath, it could be like a bath and a meditation and probably an epiphany all wrapped into <laughs> one. Like something's going to come true. to me, you know? Um, but yeah, I love that as an exercise. So we'll leave that there. That's, that's yeah. a really, really good advice. I mean, yeah, I don't even cook dinner without listening to something or talking to someone or. It's hard. Like I, it it's funny cause I have recently taken up not listening to anything when I take the dog on a walk. Wow. I don't do it all the time, but occasionally I'm like, what if you just go take the dog on a walk? And wow. that's like what you do. You're not talking on the phone. You're not listening to music. And it really is interesting how much it relaxes. I think it like it relaxes your nervous system because you don't have all this stuff lying at you. Because even I love podcasts. I love music, but you're still, your brain's still working. It's still processing. It's still listening. For sure. Yeah, and then you may actually hear the leaves crunch beneath your feet. Right. And you may notice the sun. And the birds and yeah. the squirrels. And, yeah. You know, for me, I know this may sound awful to some of the listeners, and I've been joking a <laughs> lot about lately about baseball mom life yeah. and how it used to sound like sheer hell on earth to me. And now I enjoy it because people I love enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. But it would be great for me to practice watching 15 minutes of baseball undivided. Oh, wow. And yeah. that would benefit my children because mm -hmm. I would be able to comment on what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> right? Oh, but, and maybe learn about the game. And also it's a very... Um, 
I don't know. It's it's peaceful watching it. And but anyway, this is all just a good reminder that like we never do that anymore. Yeah. We never just do the thing, especially women. Okay. We are multitasking constantly. Right. So I love that you touched on that that um it's actually not effective to do many things at once. Right. And I mean, there are different, like, there are so many different productivity systems out there. But I think at the end of the day, like, I, I truly believe that, that women, that women really do, you know, they need to prioritize based on their values. And I don't think we really sit around and think about our values enough. Um, and I will say, like, there are certain planners out there. There's actually one that I, I use that I highly recommend. It's, um, it's called power sheets. It's what the planner is. But in one part, they talk about like, what do you want your life or your legacy to be when you're 80 and you look back on your life? Like, what do you actually want to have done? Mm. And that's how you prioritize your time. And you know, when you think about it that way, at least for me, it really put into perspective, like, is it really the achievements that are that important to me? Or is it the people in my life yeah. that are that important to me? And it's almost embarrassing that it takes like somebody asking that question for me to be like, oh yeah, it, 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 it's the relationships that are important. Not that I, you know, have a successful business or that, you know, I have a great toned body or whatever it is like the silly things you put in your mind as being important you're like that's not it it's like i want i want these close relationships i want friends and i want the family and i want to be known as this person who who loved people and who you know really tried yeah. my best to love people well that's what i want Aww. yes and it's wonderful to be reminded of that and you are not to blame nor is anyone for not leading with that every day because our lives as we've been talking about are so busy and so fast paced and we're doing so many things and and wouldn't it be wonderful if we woke up every day leading with what do I want my legacy to be? And that's not going to be easy seven mornings out of seven mornings, but that's <laughs> no. a great reminder, even if from your planner. So yeah. is that an online planner or a paper planner? It's paper. Cool. Yeah. Power sheets. Yeah. Cool. It's a great one. Awesome. That's great. Listen, I love a quote and I love <laughs> a mantra and I love a reminder. Like, so if I can buy something that has something in it that's telling me what to do or think or feel that I'm not doing or thinking or feeling, I'm into it. it. So I think that's great. It does help. It does help. And, um, and you know, you said that, like, what do I want my legacy to be when I'm 80? I mean, what just popped up for me there is that's why the leaps of faith, right? Like we took those giant leaps of faith this past year, um, because we actually did put thought and feeling into our legacy. Mm -hmm. And so there really is value to stopping and thinking about why you're doing things. hundred percent. Yeah. What do you actually want for your life? a big question it's easy to get stuck on one. like a you get stuck yeah and that's another subject but I mean we're here to say <laughs> that like you actually can earn money yeah doing something you can do something that you love you love yeah um you can you can you can but 
I hate to take it down a notch here, <laughs> Stacey, but this is of the world we live in right now. So, yeah, it's March 9th today, of course, 2020. And as we're recording today, um, the world in its entirety is in chaos around the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Let's all take deep breaths right now if you're listening yeah. in March 2020. It's a lot. It really is a lot. And you um, have talked a lot about managing high-functioning anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about what high-functioning anxiety is for those who don't really know that term um, mm-hmm. specifically. And yeah, I'd love to hear like, what is that like for you with high functioning anxiety? Like, how are you feeling about the coronavirus? And what can you tell our listeners that are feeling anxious about it right now? Um, because I think probably a lot of people, um, even if they don't, let's say, struggle with or suffer from anxiety on the regular, mm-hmm. um, feel anxious about this thing because it's everywhere we read we look we turn Mm -hmm. I mean even I who you know don't read the news very much and I have my like one funny radio show I listen to (laughs) all they talk about is the coronavirus right now so yeah so so one what's high functioning anxiety two um how are you feeling about the coronavirus given your anxiety and Mm -hmm. what advice can you give to people out there who I'm sure feeling similarly sure so High functioning anxiety first is really people who they they have anxiety, but it's something that they are somewhat managing. Uh, they feel it in their lives, but they go about their lives as if they don't, if that makes any sense. Mm. So there's a little bit of an overt- undertone of anxiety in their everyday, but it's not something that keeps them from, let's say, like sp- speaking up at a meeting or traveling or anything that may give them that little bit of anxiety, they're still doing it. It's just sort of keeping them from enjoying their lives as much as they would like to be, if that makes sense. So I am a person who definitely feels like she has high functioning anxiety. (laughs) That's my planner. I think that's why I plan so much probably. Mm. Um, I like to plan for the unknown. And I think that's really and truly why coronavirus is so scary is there's so much unknown. Um, And in terms of advice, like I, I mirror grace in the sense that like, I am not, uh, listening to the news a lot or watching the news. And in fact, I'm like trying to, to keep myself away from a lot of media right now when it comes to coronavirus, I think it's important to stay informed, but that means you read an article like once a day to me, that does not mean that you're searching coronavirus 10 times a day. Cause it's really easy. Like we're, we're in North Carolina now, there's been a couple confirmed cases. And it's easy to freak yourself out. And, you know, it's funny because when we first had the first couple of cases, I was doing the thing you're not supposed to do. And I was like, have there been any more? And searching and finding articles that were definitely being put out to scare people. So there was an article about, you know, a coronavirus patient went to church in this area in Raleigh. And it's like, why would you put that out? The, the newspaper is just trying to get people to click. That's not helping mm. anybody. Like, it's not helping anybody. You can't do anything about that. It's already happened, but it's just, a, in my mind, a means of making people freak out and panic. Um, and you're going to keep seeing that. I don't know why I think the media just loves to do it to, to do us, to us. but I think it's also, like, yeah. they know you're going to click on it. 
Like people are like, oh, somebody went to a church. What? Tell me more. Like, was it my church? Was it a church of somebody I know? Like that's, it's something that they know people will click on, but try your very, very best to stay away from that. It's, it's not helping anyone. And the second thing is like, I've done quite a bit of reading and I think it's important that we don't shut ourselves off from each other. Um, there is, you know, I'm, I don't know if Grace has talked about it, but there's a loneliness epidemic. Like we no talk about that. Yeah. It's, there have been so many studies that, you know, people are not getting the one-on-one -on -one, like attention and like they're not getting out of their houses and communicating and socializing with each other enough. Like it's something that is an actual thing that's happening in the U S and around the world where people mm. are feeling alone. They're feeling lonely and loneliness is terrible for your health. It's terrible for society. Uh, it's terrible for your mental health. And this idea that like we all need to go and hunker down in our houses is probably not the best one, especially when you're thinking of like, I want my immune system to be strong. Like yeah. you need to be around people for part of that, like the socialization and loving each other and, and not saying like, go gather in huge, huge crowds of people, but continue your dinner parties, like continue going out to eat, like continue the things that make you happy and, you know, continue seeing your friends. And I think it's just really important that I really truly believe that and taking really good care of yourself is going to keep you from getting coronavirus more than anything else. Like you, the taking care of yourself, um, freaking out. Like to me, the thing that helps me like calm down a little bit is this isn't helping me. Like my anxiety is not helping me in any sort of way to prepare for coronavirus. It's not helping me to boost my immune system for coronavirus. It's not helping in any of those ways. Um, so taking a breath, meditating again, um, it's all important and I don't know, it's just the panic that people are trying to cause. Like we just, we all need to take a deep, deep breath. Yeah, we really do. I think that's great advice because, um, it's, it's very easy, whether it's with coronavirus or anything else nowadays to go down a rabbit hole of consumption and read all of the things and it's very unclear what's true and what's not on either end and um you know I don't want to get into a subject about fake news mm -hmm. but um <laughs> really it's it's just that we're not sure what people's intentions are on either side mm -hmm. anywhere like what are people saying for what reason most mostly what i'm getting at is to your point of like people want to sell ads for their websites or mm -hmm. you know they want to yeah get people to click on their articles or whatever it is we just we don't know we don't know and and we don't know what's what's sensationalism and what's not and so I guess my point with that is it's important that we get just enough information that we can be safe mm -hmm. that you choose to look at whatever I don't know news media outlet you trust right once a day mm -hmm. and if you have children you trust what the school is putting out there yes. um, if you trust your school that's what I'm doing we got a great message today that told about the precautions they're taking, mm -hmm. that's great for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, just not, 
consuming too much, especially not if you're a person who feels, um, you know, easily triggered by things mm -hmm. and, and feels anxious. You know, yeah. we don't need one more thing to worry about. You can't control a global pandemic. Right. It's going to happen or it's not. You can not. worry about it. You but can it's not worry going to about do any it. Difference it's not going to do anything. And I think you make such a good point. Like, wash your hands, do the things. Yes, but hundred um, percent. Please do that. <laughs> and please wash your hands, everybody. Please wash your hands for twenty seconds. Sing happy yes. birthday twice, please. <laughs> but yeah, we just don't know what's 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 happening. It's a it's a scary time in that sense. And I think again, with that being another subject, and and we don't know what's out there because of the the election and what's not yeah. out there. And, um, so the point being consume information about the coronavirus thoughtfully and minimally. Mm -hmm. And I, I was recently in a doctor's office where they had the TV on and it was all coronavirus all the time. And I actually asked them to change the channel. Mm. <laughs> so, like put on the prices, so feel right? Like please. you can, you know, if you need to speak up for yourself, you can do that. Um, and know that you may be helping someone else that also is sitting in that waiting room going, do we really need to listen to another 20 minutes about this when we, it's just the same information over again, or it's just them dissecting things over and over again, which is not helping anybody either. I think that's such a great point. I always think about that in airports that they're playing CNN nonstop. And like, mm -hmm. is that what everyone needs to be consuming before they're getting on planes? No. I mean, they should be <laughs> playing like. Cheers reruns yeah. or something. Friends. Friends. I don't know. Friends. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like maybe we all should just commit to watching Friends and Seinfeld reruns like above <laughs> all else until we get to the it other side us. of this. It would boost us all so I mean, much. <laughs> it really would. We need Chanel a little boost. bong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's just so much to be worried about. Um, well, this is so amazing. And I just know you're doing such wonderful, important work, helping people cope with their burnout and their high functioning anxiety. And I just, you know, I just wonder, um, before we wrap up and you tell people where to find you, if there's anything else you want to say as a coach um, with a voice right now that you can share with a bunch of other people, hopefully a lot of other people, um, about coaching and about why and how coaching is meaningful in mm -hmm. helping people move forward in their lives. Sure. I know it's a big question, yeah. but I would just love for you to share something about how you feel coaching to be um, a really powerful tool. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think there's a common misperception around coaching. So we'll start with that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that it's somebody telling me what to do. Mm. Like I, I, I think that there is this conception that it's more consulting than coaching. Which consulting, yeah, I would tell you what to do. But a coach, really, truly, the job is to listen and to ask you questions and to help you figure out what the right solution is versus being told what the right solution is. And that sounds so, so simple as I'm saying it, but it is so much more than that. If you could just understand like our 
the way that you think and your brains and, and, the, and the way that you tell the story about yourself and about your life, all those beliefs are so entangled and in you that you can't even see them. You can't see them for yourself. But the whole role of a coach is to start seeing those stories that you tell about yourself, the beliefs that you have, the excuses you make for yourself, all of that, like we start to see that and start to pick through that for you and with you by asking you questions. And it really truly can change your life when you start to be able to reflect on who you really are on the inside. It's so, so powerful. And I know Grace and I have experienced it, you know, in different different settings, but together even um, coaching each other. And it's just, you'd be so surprised how much a shift in a coaching session can completely change the way that your life is. That's so well said and so, so true. And yeah, I'll take any opportunity to um, help share and help people understand what it is that we do because as I've said many times over, as a person who's had the same therapist for 16 years whom I love, Mm -hmm. I learned within the last 12 months how uh, coaching can move someone forward in their life in the most impactful ways, efficient ways, mm -hmm. and as you said, almost untangle what's inside and, mm -hmm. um, and how important it is to be listened to. And uh, yeah. a coach is a great listener active listening i just mm -hmm. didn't i didn't know that was a thing i'm a much better listener than i once was <laughs> yeah well and go out there and start paying attention to how much people are listening to mm. you and how much you're listening to other people oh i love that because you'll realize pretty quickly like oh <laughs> i've been phoning it in and everybody else is phoning it in too oh and, it's so true yeah. you start realizing that you're you're finishing your thoughts and finishing sentences in your mind as people are speaking rather than active listening. I'm constantly reminded of that with my husband because that's the one <laughs> where I fall short where he'll, he said to me just today, I get a turn to speak too. <laughs> so, I mean, we all have work to do. Oh yeah, but of course. <laughs> you said that in such a great way. Thank you for sharing that. And, yeah. um, I'm just so glad you were here today me with too. me and, it's so just valuable and wonderful to hear you talk about what you do with your niche as a coach. And, um, and so for anyone who wants to learn more about dealing with burnout or receive coaching about it, um, uh, Stacey's going to tell you where to find her. She has an award-winning should be award-winning <laughs> Instagram feed and too much. <laughs> no, it's just like, really it's chock full of really, really good input and advice that you can start, um, taking in right away. So tell us, tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. So of course there's my website and it's just stacymitchell.com and that's Stacy with an IE. I'm sorry to make it hard for you people. <laughs> <laughs> and then Instagram is just Stacy Mitchell. And I'm also on Facebook at Stacy Mitchell coaching. So you know, I love being on my social media. If I don't respond to you, you know, it's because I'm taking a break. <laughs> yes, that's so good. But yeah, please, please reach out and, you know, would love to connect with you there. 
Awesome. That is perfect. So we will wrap it up here and we're going to go drink our tea and I will um, be with you all again soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.